Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachalki. What's up, TP? How you living, man? I'm doing great, man. I just got just got back from vacation. Oh, you? How, um, how was, was it? At, it was good. It was good. I was out in Florida, and uh, I got to watch both of my games I wanted to watch, um, and the the Washington State and the Seahawks both won. So yeah, it it was good. It was, I got some alone time while I watched the game. It wasn't bad. I wasn't mad at it. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good weekend for both Washington and LA sports. Yeah, definitely. Before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We got another great episode for you this week. Uh, we're doing the same format as last week where uh, we're doing two episodes uh, every Tuesday. Uh, the first episode will be kind of a more uh, fun, more more lighthearted uh, show where uh, we just talk about uh, what's hot, what's going on uh, in the world of sports. And the second episode is no fun at all. <laughs> no, the second, <laughs> the second episode is actually a lot of fun because it's actually all football. Uh, we get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, of week 12 uh, as we preview that uh, but we'll talk more about that in the next episode uh, for this episode Tyler and I or Tyler and I are going to give you uh, the LA sports roundup as it was a busy weekend here in the city of angels uh, also Tyler and I are going to go back and forth in the NFL two-minute drill uh, and now that we are one month into the NBA season we have to discuss everything going on in the starting five uh, to start out, though, it was a decent week for me in fantasy. Uh, I won in the TSK Show League a comeback victory to beat Jordan Carlson by point one. Yeah, what a game. God, <laughs> point one victories are always just so crazy. Yeah, so he had, he had Robert Woods going Monday night. I had Josh Reynolds going Monday night, uh, and it came down to the wire, and I, I squeezed one out to, to win by point one. Uh, I won in one of my other leagues, and then I lost in my third league. Overall, I'm six and five in the TSK Show League, seven and four in my second league, and six and five in my third league. So you're staying afloat. You're in the race. Yeah. No. Uh, there's only one, uh, one league that I'm not in the playoffs. Just the way it's As structured. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way it's structured. It's kind of, kind of BS to be over 500 and not be in the playoffs. Yeah, but, but it's tough because most leagues are like four team playoffs. Yeah, this one's a four team playoff. Yeah, that's tough to that's tough to get in. Um, I uh, I won. I went 2-0 this last weekend. Um, I played my brother this weekend, the TSK oh, Show League. Oh, a little sibling rivalry and here. And uh, we made the trade, um, AJ Green, for David Johnson earlier in the season. Yeah, that came back and, to bite you in the ass. Yeah, and I had AJ, and he was hurt this week, so he sat out. Um, but I still got the win, so that's hey, all that Hey, there mattered. you go. And then um, I beat, in my other league, I beat last year's champ. So that, Ooh, was, that was good. There you go. That league, I mean – I'm still technically in the playoff hunt, but it's going to be tough for me. Um, you know, I'm there's only three games left, and I'm two games back. So Uh-oh. I need a lot to happen for me to get in, but I got a solid squad still. So. Yeah, and you're definitely, definitely 
uh, sitting pretty in the TSK show league right now. Yep, first place, still rolling. Uh, and the one thing that you beating Nico tells me, uh, it's what it's something we both always know is that the older sibling always wins. Yep, that's how it is. The older <laughs> sibling division. Yep, that's the way we split up the divisions uh, in the TSK show league. Was all the older siblings were in one division, and it just yep. so happens all the younger siblings were in the other division. Yep, made it easy. Yeah. Uh, who are some top? Who were some of your top performers this week? Um, this well, I mean, Kenny Galladay was like a big time player for me in my other league. He's just going to be clutch for me from here on out. Yeah, um, just because he's all by himself. Uh, but in in the TSK show league, I mean, I just still keep getting um, still keep getting production from the same players. T.Y. Hilton had two touchdowns. He had he a had a monster game. He he had a monster game. Juju Smith Schuster keeps showing up. Mark Ingram always finds the end zone by the end of it. Um, Tariq Cohen's been consistent, but he had an off game. So, uh, but for the most part, yeah, I just keep I just keep consistent production from everybody. There's no uh, no huge games other than la- last week was definitely T.Y. Was definitely yeah. my, uh, he was like my stud of the week. Yeah, I mean, my receiving core on one of my teams is pa- Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, Antonio Brown, and then my quarterback is Patrick Mahomes on that team. Yep, I, so, I like my receivers in this league, um, especially when A.J. Green's healthy. Yeah, and then uh, all my same top performers uh, in my other two teams, Adrian Peterson had a great game, Mike Evans had a great game, Alan Kamara, Michael Thomas, obviously they played dominating uh, – uh, for the Saints this week. Yeah. The Rams defense came up with two strip sacks. Aaron Donald, thank you very much. Best defensive player in the league. Don't at me. He's he's killing. Um, and then Julio Jones and Josh Reynolds really stepped up for me in the TSK show league this week. Yeah, Reynolds was a great flyer pick. I yeah. bet some people made some money off him this week. I bet. Uh, but with that, uh, let's, let's move on to the LA Sports Roundup. Why don't we start it off – uh, with the rivalry game. Yeah. Um, yep. USC lost to uh, UCLA just to kind of um, – it's a perfect ending to a pretty disappointing season. Um, well, they still got one more game. Yeah, which is going to probably not go well for them against Notre Dame. But <laughs> now they're completely out of uh, – now that Utah won, they're completely out of the Pac-12 championship race. Yep. Um, they're 5-6 and six right now. And, yeah, they're looking at Notre Dame down the barrel undefeated so, so i that's probably not going to go well but they could they could there it is a rivalry game so they could be that could be a good big upset for a lot of those top ranked teams and open the door for a college football playoff um, spot yeah definitely but uh yeah i mean i think usc football is just kind of looking into the future now um JT yeah. daniels amon ross st brown um and michael Pittman, all those guys they're gonna be a, they're gonna be nice next year yeah, I mean it's Clay Helton's coaching for his job, so it's yeah. I I think he's gonna get another shot, even though they're five and six right now. Um, they got a like a teenager at quarterback. I just feel like they got to give him one more year with. It's tough though, for an athletic director at USC to have the powerful alumni group that USC does to bring back a coach that loses to UCLA and Notre Dame in the same year. Yeah, no, it's tough. The UCLA game is definitely a tough loss for them. That was the worst loss of their, their season. Even though it was a close game, tough loss. Yeah. Well, speaking of UCLA, uh, they did beat their crosstown rival, USC, like mm-hmm. we said. Final score was 34-27. to 27. Uh, Most impressively, I think, uh, UCLA held the Trojans to three second-half points in the game. 
uh, which was huge. Yeah, I think UCLA. I'm, I've said how I feel about UCLA's football program. <laughs> I'm excited for their future with Chip Kelly. Yeah, I mean, Joshua Kelly, uh, the running back, had 40 carries for 289 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, it was the third most rushing yards in a game ever for a UCLA running back. 40 carries, that's insane. Yeah, it's a huge workload for, for a running back. Uh, and then one last uh, interesting tidbit uh, that I saw about this uh, historic rivalry uh, matchup is this game uh, on Saturday was the lowest attendance for a UCLA-USC game since 1950. Just not – they just had both their quarterbacks leave. You know, like you just had two of these legendary quarterbacks leave. So they're just in a transition age. It's kind of just weird that they happened in the same year. Yeah. So next year I look for them both to be like ranked probably again. Yeah, no, I mean definitely they probably won't start out ranked, but I think they'll win enough games to where they'll both be in the ranking somewhere. This is definitely a low point for both uh, of these programs and it can only go up from here. Mm-hmm. Uh but how are how are the Trojans doing in basketball right now? Uh they're two and two. Doesn't look like they're gonna be great. Uh oh. Yeah. I, I don't think they're gonna be any good. Um, they haven't played anyone very meaningful, so there's not a lot to dig up. Okay. Um, it's just cool that they got two Seattle kids on their team, so yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, we always like that. Uh, the Bruins, on the other hand, they're undefeated currently. Uh, they're 4-0. They're ranked 17th in the nation. Uh, they beat Presbyterian uh, last night on Monday night by 15, 80-65. Uh, but their biggest test so far this season is going to come on Thursday, Thanksgiving night. In Las Vegas against number 11, Michigan State. Uh, this is just a, a battle of the Blue Bloods right here. Uh, two That's great, a tough matchup. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a good game. Uh, a lot of young talent on uh, on both sides. Uh, it should be an exciting matchup. Yep. Well, uh, I think I think UCLA is going to be fine. They're going to be in the, the Pac-12 championship race all year. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Still early. All the, we've got <laughs> all these cupcake games right now. It's hard to tell. Yeah, so uh, why don't we move to the professional ranks on the hardwood? Yep, I'm uh, excited, man. I, I get to cover the clip show, man. Oh God! It now and they've they've officially moved from Lob City, and now they're the Island of Misfit Toys. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what they are. That's that's a perfect description. Eleven and five, second in the Pacific Division, third in the third in the West. Uh, hey, um, I, you know, and and since we since their last episode, they won their last three games. They beat San Antonio, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. Now Brooklyn and Atlanta are nothing to brag about. But San Antonio, that's a good win. And yeah, you know, being sixteen games in and being third in the West, that's that's a good start. You know what I mean? I don't know if they can, I don't know if they'll you know continue this trend throughout the season, but it's a great great start by the Clips show. Shout out to the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're a month into the season. And they got the second best second best record in the West. Yeah, I, I, got, I think they just got a bunch of pros that are playing hard, and that's what happens. You win games. Yeah, and I think the best part for the Clippers, at least, is Shea Gilgis Alexander is performing to what everybody thought, and even probably a little more. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been a he's been a bright spot for them. And then to keep Gallo on the court, you know, you just always wonder when that's going to come to an end, when he's going <laughs> to go down with the injury. Uh, and Tobias is playing good basketball. He's a good player, so. Um, he's being able to showcase that he can carry a heavy load. Yeah, Toby and Bobby. God, I love those guys. Boban is definitely my favorite Clipper. Uh, he's, he, he's amazing. Just watching him run up and down the court is so funny to me. It's yeah, I mean he does. He looks like an alien. 
Doesn't look like a human. That guy's crazy. No, he de- he definitely doesn't. Good basketball player though. He's he's a good, he's a good player. He reminds me of George Mearshon. <laughs> That's a good comparison. Yeah, he's not Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley was a little different player than he is. Yeah, he's way more physical than Sean Bradley was. Uh, Sean Bradley was also a twig. Yeah, exactly. I think he's got a lot more meat to him, like a George Mearshon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but they're uh, cross hall rivals. Oh. I can't believe I just called the Clippers and Lakers rivals. I take that back. Well, they're crosstown. They're arena mates. uh, The Los Angeles Lakers. They're nine and seven. They're currently seventh in the Western Conference. They're in the midst of a three-game road trip, which includes both of LeBron James's former teams. Uh, This three-game road trip really started out with actually an embarrassing loss against the Orlando Magic. I thought it was absolutely inexcusable to lose to a sub-500 team. Uh, on the first night of a back-to-back after having two days rest prior uh, to the game. I thought that was absolutely inexcusable. Uh, Nobody came to play that night. It it was just a poor, poor performance all around for everybody on the team. But then the next night in Miami, LeBron against his former team. uh, It's his first game in Miami as a Laker. He decides to drop 51 points uh, and – he usually hasn't performed well against the Heat uh, when he's played in Miami since leaving, uh, but this was as dominant of a performance uh, as I would expect from a player who people believe is the GOAT. Yep. Uh, he made damn sure the Lakers were not going to lose back-to-back yep. uh, nights, and especially against his former team. Uh, now, the last game of this road trip, tomorrow night, Wednesday, the Lakers will take on the Cavs. Uh, it's obviously LeBron's first game back in Cleveland. Uh, it should be an interesting one. I'm definitely excited to see, since LeBron dropped 51 in Miami, what he's going to do in Cleveland. Yeah, I think he's going to go off for sure. I, I hope he goes off. I mean, he's not. He's going to come out being a facilitator like he always does, but I think he'll he'll get, find a rhythm there. Well, what I what I loved in the, the crowd's mi- not going to boo him either. So he'll, they better he'll, not. He'll have the crowd behind him. They're not going to boo him. I they're just, gonna they're gonna give him a huge applause. What I thought what I thought was interesting though in the Miami game was he didn't start out as a facilitator. I looked at his numbers in the after the first quarter, he had almost like twenty points. Yeah, yeah, no, then that's good. Anytime he's not a facilitator, he he normally gets way up there in points. Yeah. That's why it's crazy. The the fifth all time uh in scoring thing is just wild to me because he's a pass first player. Yeah. So that's just an incredible feat uh, as being a being a pass first player to be in the top five all time in scoring. Yeah, and I mean, as far as uh, the young core goes, it's it's been kind of disappointing to see how they've been playing lately. Uh, they've definitely hit a lull in uh, in their performance on the court. Uh, hopefully, yeah, Luke's got to do some coaching. He's got to figure out how to ra- ra- rally the guys up and and figure out what they're gonna who they're gonna be as a team. Yeah. And then, I mean, luckily, they're luckily the West is struggling right now, and everybody's kind of packed in, right? You know, there's no one's really like separating themselves. Oh yeah, no, early on, so uh, it, they're lucky. You know, aside aside from Phoenix, I think everybody has at least seven wins. Yeah, exactly. Yep, they they do. So it's, you know, it's anybody's West right now. It's still early, and they've they've won enough games to keep them keep them in it you know yeah. it's not a bad start by any means yeah i mean they're they're in the seventh spot right now and i don't think there's really all this all this all the this talk of, is there they're gonna score the points all the non-shooting issues all that bullshit it's gonna figure itself out no i think they're i think they score enough points to win games now i just think you know they're gonna get better in defense and they're gonna be more efficient on offense yeah and i i think this this time uh in the schedule 
uh, with the news of Rondo being out for at least a month uh, with a fractured uh, bone in his hand, uh, he's going to be out at least a month. So I think this yeah. is the perfect time for this young core to really get out of this this lull that they've been in uh, with the extra minutes that are going to be uh, divvied out now that Rondo is out. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be. I mean. That's addition by subtraction. The Lakers aren't – it's not like the Lakers are better off without Rondo, but let allowing Lonzo and, you know, LeBron and Lance and all these other guys that like to handle the rock. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, they'll be fine. Yeah. All right. So, from Staples Center down the 110 freeway to Carson. Yep. Uh, let's let's talk about the Chargers. Chargers lost a um, – you know, like we covered last week, a trap game in my mind, Denver. Uh, I think Denver's a trap team in general. 100%. Um, just because they have such a good pass rush, that defense is still so solid that um, they can they, they can still beat anybody because if they can get to the quarterback and stay in the game, you know, they can win. Um, so, yeah, the, the Chargers took the L, uh, an unfortunate timing, just because Kansas City's so, so good and lost the game. So, yeah. the, you know, they could have been tied. Uh, with Kansas City for first place uh, in that division. Keenan Allen, uh, he was quoted saying, not giving Denver any of the credit for the win. <laughs> um, he thought that they that you know they beat him and they dominated him on the field and they just got lucky or whatever. I don't know. I don't well, know what he was I mean, saying. But, and Joey Bosa's back on the field and they took an L in his first game. That, that I think, is the biggest takeaway from the game is well, that – I don't think Joey Bosa had anything to do with the game. I think he was just kind of getting back into it. The Chargers obviously just lost this game. Well, I mean, it just—it honestly just came down to a field goal at the end of the game. So you can't really blame anybody except for maybe clock management, and that honestly goes to the coach. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, uh, why I said Joey Bosa being back uh, was my biggest takeaway was he hasn't lost a step. He no, looked great. No, yeah, they're going to be – this is bad news for people. <laughs> um, getting that defense locked and loaded before the playoff run, that's going to be big time. And they're healthy on offense. They got, you know, Rivers, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, and Keenan Allen are all healthy. Yeah. Um, and then that defense now adding another elite pass rusher to complement Melvin Ingram. Um, they're good up the middle. They're going to be fine. Yeah. So, I mean – and the Rams, yeah. yeah, they did it. One of the best Monday Night Football games in my memory. Oh, I, I mean, I think this is arguably. I mean, people are calling it the best Monday Night Football game ever. Some people are even calling it the best regular season game ever. Uh, but it was a huge victory over the over the Kansas City Chiefs. Both teams were going into the game nine and one. Final score, obviously, fifty four to fifty one. One hundred and five combined points. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure the over-under going into the game was, I think, like 63 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, that's just a crazy display of offense. And that's just a – this game was just kind of a peek into the future, you know, of the NFL. Yeah. I'm, I mean, there's clearly a class in the NFL this year with the Rams, Chiefs, and Saints. And they all have one thing in common. They're just a dominant offensive juggernaut. Yeah, they all have multiple weapons that can be used in all sorts of different ways. Um, just absolute studs at every position on offense. Yeah, and they're all workhorses too. Yeah, well, and and they're all healthy, that which has been a big you know part of it. Yeah, uh, but for the game itself, Jerry Goff was absolutely unreal. He had four touchdowns, four hundred and thirteen passing yards. The defense was exactly what they needed it to be. Uh, they got stops. They created turnovers when they needed it most. Aaron Donald, he's the best player, best defensive player in the league right now. I don't care what anybody says. 
the effect he had on the game last night was unreal. Uh, and then uh, all the receivers uh, were able to pick uh, have big games uh, against a weak Kansas City secondary. And the players that they needed to step up in Cooper Cup's absence stepped up big time. Tyler Higby was great. Yep. Uh, they're, they're not going to lose a step losing Cup, although they liked him and he provided a, b- a lot of production for him. Yeah. They're not going to miss him at all. Yeah. Ty- I mean, that game, was game, <laughs> that game was great. I mean, it came down to the very last possession and Marcus Peters getting a big-time pick. Yeah, against his former team. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Peters, he's one of those players where it's high risk, high reward, and uh, it paid off last night. Uh, but also what I think was – a lot of people were talking about uh, with the game last night was how Todd Gurley wasn't used a lot in the game. Uh, he So Sean McVay was, I guess, on a conference call earlier today uh, with a bunch of media, and he said that Gurley's ankle did get rolled up on early in the game, and that's why his usage was kind of limited. But I'm looking at Todd Gurley's limited usage being a really good thing for him in this game. It was like – we didn't need Todd Gurley to win this game. No, exactly. That's a that's a great luxury to have. Yeah, and we're going into the bye week now. So basically, I'm looking at it as Gurley basically got two weeks of rest going into the home stretch of the season, about to hit the playoffs. He's going to be as fresh as possible now. Uh, I think the Rams couldn't be in a better position going into the home stretch, going into the bye week, yeah. and being one of the teams that has the last week of buys. Yep. It always helps out to get a week to get one of the last buys. Yeah. So that is the LA Sports Roundup. Uh, we're gonna stay on the gridiron now and move to the two-minute drill. Yep. Uh, Tyler, you got the clock set. Yep. I'm uh, I'm the clocker right now. Uh, you want me to start it out? Uh, I'll start this week. All right. Let's hear it. So, how bad do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look for making James Winston the starting quarterback again? Um, I mean, they just, they're trying to figure out what's, you know, what's the best. Uh, Jameis didn't play up to, up to par when he was in. So they benched him and now, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's lost his magic. You know, uh, it seems he's got seven picks in the last three games. You know, when you turn the ball over, you got, you got to go to the next guy. And, uh, I know it probably seems weird to a lot of people to do this, but you got you just got to go whatever quarterback week to week you think it's going to give you the best chance at winning and i think they think J- Jameis Winston is that guy right now and everyone's still alive in the playoff hunt so you know you can't really they won two games in the first 3 weeks with Fitzmagic yeah so they've only won one game in those last 7 <laughs> um it's been tough they haven't been able to figure out what they're doing but i mean they should be able to figure it out you know Mike Evans and Sean Jackson are it's plenty of Offensive firepower to get it done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think I don't think it makes Tampa look bad. It definitely, uh, it's definitely a junk juggling act for yeah, sure. Yep. Um, I don't know how the front office is dealing with it. it. I definitely don't think it's good for any of the players' confidence. Um, but it's just it's crazy to me that how Ryan Fitzpatrick can come in as a backup with no pressure and do all of this great stuff, and then when he's named the starter, it's just like. Who is this guy, and what have you done with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, this is just his career in a nutshell. He he's he rides the table when it's hot, and when it's not, he's he's losing big time. I've seen this guy, uh, like you know, I've seen him throw four picks in a game. Three, seen him throw four touchdowns in a game. Yeah, that's just kind of how he goes. Yeah. So, 
All right. Uh, moving on. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to go with like a playoff picture. Uh, there's, there is eight teams that are five and five right now. Uh, we got <laughs> Miami, Tennessee, Indiana, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Seattle. Okay, so seven teams that are five and five right now. Um, who, who do you think is making the playoffs? And remember, uh, you know, Carolina and Minnesota. Carolina six and four. Minnesota's five, four, and one. Right. They're in the wild card right now. So five and five is right there. Yeah. Um, and then five and five is in fact a wild card position in the AFC. So. Um, all these teams are still in it. So you said it's, you got a, a, it's a lot of AFC teams, but you got in the AFC, you got Miami, Tennessee, Indy, Indianapolis, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, um, and, then and then the NFC, Dallas, and Seattle. Um, and my thing is, is a lot of these five and five teams are kind of I see them going different ways, just because, you know, Miami, Tennessee, Baltimore, all have quarterback you know injuries yeah unfortunately i don't think either of the nfc teams are going to make the playoffs dallas or seattle i don't you got carolina and minnesota taking care of it yeah i do yeah that's tough we'll yeah. see no it's, it's gonna the okay. nfc is gonna come down to the last week of the season yeah. once again yep there's some four win teams in the in the nfc that i think can still make some noise oh jeez. Uh, hey i mean when the number one wild card six and four you know what i mean they're they're two games behind yeah, but I think from the AFC, who I think has the best chance actually is Indianapolis. Uh, they looked really good. Yeah, I think that the Chargers have locked up the one of the wild card positions. Yeah. So I agree with you out of the AFC teams. I think Indianapolis is actually going to sneak in there. Yeah, I mean, just, which is crazy. Just for the production that I've seen. Uh, from T.Y. Hilton the past two weeks. Ebron has uh, been... Well, they got a nice combo now that Jack Doyle's back, too. So, Ebron and jo Doyle, you know, even though Ebron won't be getting the production... Yeah. Doyle's out there now, so they got a nice little combo. Yeah. All right, so my second question. On fourth and seven, in an absolute blowout, the Saints went for it and ended up with a 37-yard Alvin Kamara touchdown that Malcolm Jenkins got beat on, and then Jenkins flipped off his former coach, Sean Payton. Yeah. He said after the game that him and Payton talked uh, and everything is all good, he was just upset that it happened to him, and in the heat of the moment, basically, that was his first reaction. Uh, what's a bigger deal? A player flipping off his former coach on the field in the middle of a game or the Saints going for it on fourth and seven in a blowout? Well, uh, I mean – that's tough because to the media, the f the finger is a bigger deal. Uh, but as a player, I think the touch, the going for it on fourth and seven is a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean that that caused the middle finger. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, this act was so bad that he felt the middle finger was necessary. Yeah, and, and to his former coach, no but less. These are things that these are tough for me to always judge, just because I love it on both ends. I love, exactly. I love like. You know, this team won the title last year. This team won the Super Bowl last yeah. year. Um, so, on one hand, you know, and they I don't know if they were going for a touchdown. I think they were just trying to, you know, clock it out. Um, and so, you know, I don't – I, I mean, going for – throwing it on fourth and seven. Yeah, no, it's not a good look. Um, but on top of that, it turned into a touchdown, <laughs> which is even worse. A 37-yard you know touchdown, so, no less. It, you know, on one hand, I like that kind of stuff. And it was in their territory. Yeah. So it's like if they didn't get it, you know, the field position was – their Philly's field position was still pretty bad. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I, you know, I would probably flip off the coach too, especially <laughs> if I knew him, you know. Yeah. 
No, I mean it's it's just that competitive nature where it's yeah, just like, God damn it. I, exactly. I don't think it's as big a deal as we look into it, although the fourth down play, I think, to players and coaches is a bigger deal than people look into it. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, it's it's similar to the situation with Kyrie throwing the ball into the stands. Yeah, exactly. You, you, if you do the one, the first part, the second part, you can't really blame them. Yeah, you better expect a reaction. All right. So, and moving on to kind of disappointing seasons. Uh-oh. Um, who's had the most disappointing season in the NFL so far? I, I think the three teams that I think are like have had it the worst so far is Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. Um, Interesting. I, I think all three of those teams thought they would be in the playoff hunt, you know, safe. Um, and they're struggling not due to injury. Yeah. You know, struggling due to injury is like one one. That's struggle. like that's like the asterisk. That's the caveat. Yeah, it's not. It, you just don't feel as bad about it. You know what I mean? Like if Russell Wilson broke his leg, I wouldn't feel about it if they went six and ten. Whereas like if Russell Wilson is playing and yeah. they go six and ten, it, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Atlanta, I'm- Philly. Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville, you know, Fournette being out is kind of understandable, but for the most but he part, came back, he's come back and he's looked pretty good. Yeah. And he's played, you know, and in the games that he's played, they've played well, but still, I think that Jacksonville's had a tremendously disappointing season. Well, when you look at it, when you look at it from the, the perspective, like you are, uh, from like who thought, who they thought they were going to be like in the playoff picture type thing. Yeah. I would definitely say those three for sure have the most disappointing season. Yep. But I mean, with everything that's going on with Oakland, it's yeah. just like, what the hell? Oakland was all Oakland and new England. were also on kind of my short list. Um, I wouldn't put new England on just because of new England standards, just being seven and four I and think, losing and, to, and losing to both Matt Patricia and, uh, and Mike Vrabel Gr- and Gronk is kind of like, it's, it's been tough to get Gronk on the field. Um, but yeah, Oakland is definitely one of those teams that's been, I think, disappointing. It's just Oakland's a dumpster fire. Yeah, I just don't. the The only reason why I didn't put him on there is because I don't know if that was Gruden's like plan for the jump. I didn't know if he was like, I don't know if he expected this. I don't think he expected this, but I just think that the plan Cause, I mean, for cause Oakland coming in, it it had nice names, you know, Derek Carr. Uh, Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch, Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryant, Jordy Nelson. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. This is Oakland's last year with the Raiders. They were trying to go for it all this year. Yeah, but it just and, didn't work. So they, but and they lost everybody. Yeah, just giving up on Cleo, I think, turned turned their season upside down. Well, yeah, that that was just the the start of it. Yeah. All right, last question for me. Alex Smith suffered a broken tibia and fibula, as well as apparently part of his bone broke through the skin. Uh, on uh, Sunday's game in the Redskins matchup against the Texans. Uh, It also happened to be the 33-year anniversary to the day of former Redskins quarterback Joe Theismann's similar horrific leg injury. Uh, He's 34 years old. Do you think Alex Smith can come back from this? Uh, He probably will, but it's probably not going to be good. Uh, Yeah, I don't see how it could be good at all. Yeah, it's going to – I mean, it's going to – I don't know because he's gonna have to sit out all next year, probably. So yeah, he'll be pretty old when he comes back. But he's a competitive guy, and he's lost his job to injury before when Kaepernick was, you know, let loose. Yeah. Um. So you know, he might have a chip on his shoulder to try and make the comeback. If he, if a year from now, 
Um, or if he sits out all of next year uh, and, you know, that 2020 season, if he wants to come back, someone will give him a shot. Yeah, I think I, you say it all the time. He's he's the perfect quarterback. He doesn't do too much. He doesn't do too little. Yeah. Um, if, if anybody can come back from it, I think it could be him because of the type of quarterback he is where yeah. he doesn't do too much, he doesn't do too little. He was a good athlete, but he didn't rely on athleticism, so um doesn't take a ton away from his game. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I hope the best for him though. Yeah, no, definitely. It was it was one of the most horrific leg injuries I've yeah. seen, and yeah. it, the crazy the crazy thing is is in the time that we've been alive, we've seen a lot of these crazy injuries. Yeah, they well the game yeah these guys just keep getting more physically gifted and. Yeah, these hits are going to be more and more violent. Well, and it's not just in football. We're talking basketball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all yeah. these, all oh, everything. Disgusting. I hate breaks. Yeah, Ugh. it's way. <laughs> I can do blood and cuts and all that shit, but not when you see limbs start going the opposite direction. Uh, no, I don't even like talking about it. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> after bold predictions, some pretty harsh words, and you know, borderline poor play. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is it time Jacksonville trades all pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey? Well, they have AJ Bowie, who's another all pro cornerback. So they have a number one, you know, they have two number ones. Um, you know, he, he talked bad about a lot of quarterbacks coming into this year. And we just talked about disappointing teams and Jacksonville being on that list. You could probably get a lot for him right now. You could probably get a lot for him right now. You. Could it be – you remember, the trade that strikes my memory is the Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis trade. Yeah, that that one definitely reminds see, me of this situation. See, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh should have pulled the trade with Le'Veon. Here's the thing, though. Jalen Ramsey, he the, – the rumors of him, like Jacksonville wanting to shop him, came out Sunday morning. Yeah. He comes out in the game and gets two picks on Ben Roethlisberger. No, nah, and he can play. That's the thing. It's, he, it's not like it's his fault they're losing – but he, you know, he comes with a lot of lot of baggage. Listen, I think Jacksonville, they traded Dante Fowler, who was a first-round draft pick for them. Uh, the season obviously did not go the way they wanted it to. Uh, it definitely, in my, in my eyes, why not make some changes? Why not? Get, get, get a high draft pick. If, you, if they can get, you know, a star wide receiver – um, you know, maybe some, you know, a couple, a couple draft picks. It's got to be a couple. You know what I mean? You can't, yeah. can't just take a third rounder for this guy. Yeah. Well, and the good thing is, is they don't have to trade him. They're not like one of those teams where it's like everybody in the NFL. And knows I think he's still, he I leave. think he's still on his rookie deal. So I don't think he's getting paid that much. Well, it's his third year in the league, so he's probably getting close to it. Yeah, I, th- I think next year will be his free agency year. Yeah. All right. But. That wraps up the two-minute drill. Yeah, so moving from the gridiron back to the hardwood, uh, let's jump into this starting five. Yeah, uh, Tyler, what do you what do you want to talk about first? Well, let's start off with the non-NBA uh, with Lamelo Ball. Oh, okay. We, we like to say we like to keep you up to date in uh, the big baller brand news. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so rumors just came out now that he's looking into going to college. Um, what do you think? Should he should he be allowed to go to college? Do you think he's going to be allowed to go to college? Do you think he will go to college? I mean, what do you think? You th- uh, does he is UCLA still an option? UCLA is definitely not an option. One, um, if they can really prove that he did not take a single dime in Lithuania, did not take a single dime in the JBA, 
all of that stuff and prove that he's never really been paid and only just played against professional uh, opponents. Which I don't, people have done. People have done this and gone to college. Many people have done this and gone to college and, and gone to prep schools. Yep, like they, he's they done. forfeit their pay. And the thing is, is he has a he has a unique loophole with, with his dad being you know the guy that's cutting the players' checks is his dad. Exactly. So it's family. You know, it's exactly. Like, do they? You know, do they frown upon kids getting paid by their parents? No, they don't. Yeah, you know it's like I mean? his dad's giving him an allowance to go to the mall. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, um, you know, I think he's. I think. He, listen, if if they can prove that he hasn't taken a single dime, I think he should be allowed to go to college. If if he doesn't want to go to college, obviously the new G League rule is going to be in place starting this summer, so uh, he can play uh, next year in the G League and not go to college. Yeah, I see G League um, in his future. Uh, I think they should let him go to college if Lamelo decides that's what he want to do. Yeah, but if if they can prove it, gonna, I think he's going to ultimately go to the G League. Yeah, I th- I think that's the ultimate move too. Just to play with physical people. Yeah, and I mean from everything I've seen in from the the few games he's played with his new school and the few scrimmages or whatever, he's looked pretty good. Well, he is like um, from from when I first started watching him, and now he's a. Way he's different a, player. He's a way different player. He he definitely is like he's he's getting up there in double digit assists every game now. Yeah. He's not just a scorer. Um he's a playmaker now. Yeah, he's he's and he's added that length. He's added, you know, the ability to finish at the Oh, rim. he's a legit six uh, seven now. So he's a, he's gonna be a good player. Yeah. I think he's an NBA player. I think so too. I really do. I've I've thought it since since he was fifteen. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if they if they can prove that he hasn't Jello, taken a dime, Jello's, he should play. Jello scored sixty five in his last JBA game against a Division One Euro team. Yeah, so he might, you know, he can. He's a world class scorer. I don't know if he can play in the NBA, but he keeps. Raising he can play eyebrows. somewhere. He can play somewhere. Yep. All right, where to next, sir? Uh, I mean, we could talk about how the Wizards have opened up shop on everybody. <laughs> the Wizards. Yep. Uh, so every they've come out and said basically everybody, including all stars, guards, John Wall and Bradley Beal, are available for trade now. Yeah. And what I find most interesting is last week we talked about uh, what team's going to be blown up first. Yeah. Which which backcourt should get blown up first? And Here these back these backcourts went head to head on asking you shall receive uh, two days ago on Sunday. Uh, Damon CJ for the Portland Trailblazers combined for sixty five. Damian Lillard had 40 points, and CJ obviously had 25. Yeah. On the other hand, the Washington Wizards star backcourt of John Wall and Bradley Beal combined for 36 points and had a combined plus-minus of minus 50. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a good move by the Wizards. Smart. It's a smart – it's smart timing. You know, wait – wait. you know, whatever we are, 20% into the season, see if you get off to a hot start, if not, blow it up. Yeah, listen. I mean, they're gonna they they're gonna be able to get a ton of value out of those guys. They're they're five and eleven right now. Um, if you if you could check the Clippers Washington score because they're playing right now. Uh, and I think in the first quarter, yeah, the Clip- it's a, it's ninety five ninety. Clippers are up with eleven minutes to go. It's ninety five to ninety. Yeah, the Clippers were up by twenty in the first quarter. Yeah, well, hey, it's a long game. Yeah. So, but I mean. Everybody in Washington is on the hot seat. Scott Brooks is on the hot seat. John Wall and Bradley Beal, they're on the trade block. 
Uh, I think even the GM should be on the hot seat. This is obviously – it's been the same team for a few years now. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's just time to blow it up. Yeah, I, I – uh, I'm excited to see where John Wall and Bradley Beal go. It's going to be great. Um, they're going to, they're they're good basketball players. You know well, what I mean? What's interesting? If does do you know if Jr. has one year left on his deal? Is that it? Yeah. See, look for Cleveland. You know, just to, because Jr. is paid a lot and he doesn't want to be in Cleveland. Look at Jr. to get shipped there, just because it could match up salary wise. They they want to move on. Um, the only issue is I don't know if Cleveland has any draft picks. Yeah, because you can't just get Jr. But yeah, um, John, well, and the money and the money won't match up. Yeah, see, John Wall now that well, could be that's going to be really interesting to see where he goes because I would love to see John Wall out west. Listen, listen to John Wall. San Antonio, maybe. Dude, John Wall. He's this last year. This last year of his contract, he's getting nineteen million for this year. And then that extension he just signed kicks in next mil, year. Thirty million, right. well, closer to forty. Yeah. Uh, but wow. what's what's crazy is is John Wall, he's in the last year of his deal, and then the extension kicks in where it's already signed, it's already guaranteed. He's getting close to forty million dollars next year to play basketball yep. in the NBA, and he comes to training camp and for this season, fat and out of shape, mm-hmm. and he looks like shit this year. Yeah. That's just uh, – I don't think that's going to be – I think he's going to pull out of it. I think he's going to be able to play his way. Because someone's going to take a shot at him. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to prove he's worth this money. Not, I mean, Popovich, I think, would take the shot. He's coached him in Team USA. That could yeah. be a – with the with the uh, the loss of DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Um, and they've got a bunch of pieces, so they could they could always be in the mix. Yeah, and then with Bradley, with Bradley Beal, he's only 25, but he's making a bunch of money as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, people think the Lakers are going to try and make a play for Bradley Beal, but if they go nah. for Bradley Beal, that takes up a lot of cap space to yeah. try and go after players like I, KD, I, AD, I don't, th- I don't Kawhi. Buy, I don't buy Beal going to uh, going to the Lake Show. New Orleans would be a fantastic fit for Beal. That'd be nuts. Um, Miami would be a great fit. For who would Beal. you give up? Who would you give up from New Orleans? Well, I mean, I think you'd have to give up. Uh, you'd probably have to give up Etwan Moore. You'd probably have to give up Miritich. Mir- yeah, Miritich. Um, Couple Miritich, picks. I mean, that's a pretty good package right there. Miritich, Etwan Moore, and a, you know, a draft pick or two for Bradley Beal. Yeah. I mean, especially just be, you know, they don't have an identity. They don't know how they're going to move. Um, all the they're going to try and stockpile young players and draft picks. You know who got the start tonight at center for the Washington Wizards? No. Thomas Bryant. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Way to work his way into the to the rotation. Well, Dwight's gluteus maximus is acting up again. Yeah. Well, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna produce much. It, it was nice to see him play well last year, but he just doesn't look like he's got it anymore. Yeah. So, but all right, you mentioned. Yeah. Keep on with the trade talks. Yeah. So you you mentioned him before. J.R. Smith and the Cavs uh, have mutually agreed to start working to find a trade partner. Uh, to send JR out of Cleveland. Uh, JR was quoted as saying he doesn't think the goal in Cleveland is to win. He basically thinks the the whole goal for this season was to tank, and he wants out. Um, where do you think he should go? Oh God, he could go anywhere. Do you want him? Do you want him with the Lakers? No, I don't either. Um, yeah, he. It's gonna be interesting because all the teams you don't want him to play for are the <laughs> ones that have you know trading ability. Yeah. Um, or cap space to be able to fit, yeah, pay him this year. Yeah, exactly. You know, people like Brooklyn could 
could mess it, you know, mess it up for him, Orlando. Could you imagine him and D'Angelo Russell on the same team? Yeah. Just th- chucking up shots. I would like to think that he could go to a playoff contender, but I just don't know who is looking for him and who wants to trade their teams right now. I don't think he could go to the Warriors. No, no, unfortunately. Um, I think they're, they're locked up. You think he could go to Houston? I don't know. I think Houston's a little gun shy on making moves like that right now. I would be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jr. is kind of tough because he doesn't he he doesn't like take up any he's not like takes up a bunch of minutes or anything. He can fit into any rotation really. Yeah. And you can see him going to a bad team because they'll be able to offer the most, or you can see him you know being a contributor for a contender. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I I really don't know. I, I mean I don't I can't really lean towards either side now i want i want to get your thoughts on one more thing uh and it and it involves jr smith uh basically wanting out of cleveland mm-hmm. uh he obviously jr smith was an important part of the 2016 nba championship team oh yeah uh brian winhorst who covers uh the nba for espn obviously he he's covered lebron his entire career so he was always around him in cleveland but brian winhorst earlier today said on twitter that it's becoming basically more and more evident that the 2016 NBA championship that the Cleveland Cavaliers won was simply a miracle. Yeah, it was. I mean, they, they, but they also had talent on the floor. It's not like that's what a killer does for you. That's what a Kyrie can do for you. LeBron, LeBron's going to win him. LeBron's going to win a game or two by himself, you know, out of Kevin Love in there. Um, They had talent and when the shots fall, they can win. They can beat anybody. Um, So, you know, it's a miracle in one regard, but that team was that team was seventy three and nine. So I don't think you can ever say like take anything away from it because yeah, you, you can't just get lucky and beat a seventy three and nine team. Yeah, for sure. So all right. So last but not least, the fifth topic of the starting five. Oh, we got four. We're we're on number four right now. I think. Oh wow! I can't count. Yeah, I forgot. That's all right. We're working on it. <laughs> So I, this is why I studied journalism in yeah. school. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so six different players in the NBA so far have had 50-point games. Yep. Um, Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kemba. Um, last year there was a total of 10. Uh, how many How many players do you think are going to end up doing it? Well, I got to list the guys that I think can all do it. And if th- this is e- anywhere in the ballpark, they're going to smash 10. Yeah, well, I mean – well, let's let's just start naming people that we think can do it. I mean, I got the list right here. Okay, so Kevin Durant's on your list. Yeah. Devin Booker's on your list. Yeah. Giannis is on your list. Yeah. Embiid, Embiid, Lillard, Kawhi, Russ, Kyrie, Demar Derozan. You know, all these guys can uh, can you know Trey Young could have one of those weird games <laughs> where he hits he, like ten threes in a game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying that. I would bet on him. It's just like, but if there was, if there's six already, and people like Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, um, you know, Kemba got sixty, and uh, then followed it up with forty three the next night. So um, they could, you know, it could be, it could be a high number this year. Yeah, and it, it's funny that it's funny that you brought up uh, scoring uh, because I was I was thinking of uh, a topic to do for the starting five yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and something that came to mind was. Every team in the NBA right now is averaging over 102 points per game as yeah. a team. And so I did a little research, and I went back all the way to 2000, 2001, so basically the start of this uh, millennium. And I found one season 
in 2003-2004, only two teams in the NBA averaged more than 100 points per game, the Dallas Mavericks and the Sacramento Kings. They both made the playoffs this year. Yeah. Or that year. Yeah. Uh, but this, I this just – This was when small ball was like – It was a at its height that, that you could win with it. You know what I mean? Well, think about uh, it. They didn't think you could win running, running the ball. Yeah, think about it. The Detroit Pistons made the NBA Finals that year averaging 90 points per game. Yes, they did. They were, and they were, they dethroned Kobe and Shaq. Thank you for that. I'm just saying that that team was so, so good. You know what I mean? That wasn't just a fluke. Yeah. No, it wasn't. They made it to the finals the next year again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just. Yeah, it's I, a different, it's a different age. I mean, all stats are going to change. All the three point records are going to, you know, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen are not going to be represented well when it no, comes to their stats. They're not. Um, it's you know the the three point line is evolving the the pace of the game is evolving, um, players are becoming better you know better shooters higher more athletic volume, higher volume shooters um, smarter efficiency wise you know getting to the rim and yeah the I mean three you, point line the the mid range is basically dead yeah um, I mean you talk about efficiency you look at you look at a player like Clay Thompson he needs thirteen dribbles to score fifty points it's it's unreal yeah, and Clay's a freak I mean it, <laughs> but but he's gonna he's the he's looking into the future that's what the future of the league's gonna hundred percent like. and you know these guys are gonna set these guys are setting the new bar to show you where numbers are gonna be at in the future yeah definitely um and then the last topic I had um was just kind of i I put some numbers together with Steph Curry and trey young um First of all, not trying to say Trey Young's the next Steph Curry. I don't believe that in the slightest. Um, but I think he's a really good player, and I don't think he's a bust at all. Um, I have their numbers between their first 16 games. Uh, Curry averaged 30.2 minutes a game. Trey Young, 29.8. So pretty similar. They're about the same uh, minutes per game. So it's a good, you know, it's good to compare it's these a numbers. Decent, it's a decent sample size yeah, in 16 games. Exactly. When you're getting 30 plus minutes a game. And uh, so Steph averaged Steph averaged um, ten points and five point three assists, uh, and he shot forty four percent. Whereas Trey Young is averaging sixteen point three points and seven point eight assists, um, and he's shooting thirty nine percent. So he's shooting a lower percentage, but uh, he's shooting he's shooting six more shots a game than Steph was. Uh, but here's the thing: is like you know, you, I hear I see the points and the assists up. But we just talked about it. The game exactly. The game's different. The game is different. So I think the game now, um, Steph Curry is the reason why someone like Trey Young has these numbers now. And uh, also, Steph Curry that year, Monta Ellis averaged twenty five point five points a game. Steph's rookie year. Yeah. Trey Young then then he leads his team in scoring, and the next the next highest scorer is Torian Prince at fifteen point eight. Who's a second-year player? So, so, so Trey Young, he's playing in a different, uh, he's playing in a different era, but he has much more responsibility to his team than Steph did. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, Steph Curry also didn't have the same hype Trey Young had coming in, as far as draft status and exposure in college. He had a different hype, though. I mean, he completely dominated the tournament two years in a row, and he went seventh overall. Uh, you know, I mean, Trey, what Trey Young go fourth? Yeah. So, you know, I think that the hype was real. Trey Young, the thing the thing that I Trey Young has over Steph is Steph played three years of college ball. Um, you know, Trey played one. So Trey's still a teenager. Yeah. And Trey played in the Big Twelve, whereas, you know, Steph played at Davidson. Yeah, he played in a mid major. So I you know, I don't think Trey Young is anything like uh 
Steph, but he's he's not Jimmer for that either. This kid's not a bust. He's going to be a player. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's even. I think twenty and ten is is in his future. I don't even think it's right to to call anybody a bust sixteen games into their career. It's it's way too early to it's tough. It's to tough, determine but, that. But if he was averaging eight points a game, it would be. You would start hearing those words. Oh, dude! I mean, Lonzo Ball is the point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers. Like we know, people yeah. people overreact and yeah. call people busts all the time. Exactly. So, I mean. It is what it is, but I think I think Trey Young is going to be fine. He he's in a good situation. Uh, he's got uh, a few good veterans on on the Hawks, yeah, to surround him with, especially yeah. with Vince Carter being there. And Jeremy Lin's a good one too. Been through, yeah, been through a lot of different scenarios. Been through a lot of, of adversity. Exactly. Uh, knows knows how to respond uh, to to the media. Knows how to interact well with the media, mm-hmm. uh, which I think Trey Young is going to have to do a lot of because he's he's a young guy on a young team and. It it will be his team in in a few years if he if he can be the player we all think he could be. Yep. So yeah, that that wraps it up. Um, you got uh you got any games you're gonna be watching this week? Uh, well, I'm definitely gonna be watching the Laker game tomorrow night. And who who are we playing? Uh, it is LeBron's return to Cleveland. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, okay. The Cleveland game. For some reason, I thought that was tonight. No. Okay, tomorrow night is the Cleveland game. Think look think about this, LeBron James. Scores 51 against the Miami Heat mm-hmm. on a Sunday in Miami. Yeah. The Lakers have two days off in Miami yeah. before going to Cleveland. Yeah, it's going to be good. What were the Lakers doing Sunday night in Miami? They were killing it. They were getting lit. Yeah. <laughs> at, at LeBron's mansion, probably. Uh, no, I think they were at Live or Story or Club 11, somewhere somewhere like that. Somewhere somewhere out in the Dade County. Yeah. Wade County. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited this week. Turkey Day football. Yeah, I mean triple that, triple header. That, that's where I was going next. Obviously, Turkey Day football. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yep, and uh, then, out there. And then I also got um, the Apple Cup uh, is yep. on Black Friday. So Apple Cup. For oh, those it's on a Friday. For those who don't know, that's the University of Washington versus Washington State, um, my home state. So this is kind of like the big, you know, rivalry. Yeah, game it's, it's UCLA USC. It's it's but. It's more than that, I think. Nah, no, 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 no. I don't no. think I don't think people are as into the UCLA USC football um, as as the Washington one. This I year, honestly, this year, I honestly, this yeah, year, yeah, I honestly think USC Notre Dame is a bigger deal. Absolutely to, to, not to USC fans. UCLA USC just because USC's been so dominant in no, football. UCLA you know? USC is a top five sports rivalry. You've got a clear basketball and a clear football school. It's tough to I think it's tough to get it get it going and nope. LA sports fans are kind of flaky I beg on to top differ. on top of that. I, like Washington this is all they got. Oh, I know this is all Washington has. So, there's it's not, not much. It's not as big exactly. It's not as big of a deal. There's not as much weight to it. UCLA USC is a bigger rivalry than UW Wazoo. No, nah, not in football. I wouldn't I I'm not going to agree to that. No way. Anyway, continue about the Apple Cup. No, that's that's it. All right. Black Friday, it's going to be a good one. Is it in Pullman or is it it's in It's in Pullman. Okay. It's in Pullman. So this is a big game for them. Um and then they're going to lock up the North and go to the Pac-12 Championship game for Washington State. Yeah. But right. UW could be the the spoiler of their season. Yeah, well, go Cougs. That's what that's what happens a lot in these matchups. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, those are those are pretty much all the games I got. Yeah, and then uh, my shout out of the week um, is my guy uh, Nick Diaz, one of my favorite fighters, um, returning to the octagon for UFC 235 in March. 
Um, by the time March comes around, he'll have been, you know, away from fighting for over four years. Wow. Um, yeah. So suspended for a lot of it, suspended for a lot of it. And then, you know, I don't think he has any interest in taking fights. He doesn't want to take, which Um, I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. Kind of retired, you know? Yeah. Um, and his last fight was in January, 2015, uh, lost to Anderson Silva. So it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a long, long wait. He's 35 years young. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm excited to see him back in the ring. I ho- I hope this fight happens. You, you know love I mean? you love them Stockton boys. Yep. I hope the fight I hope the fight happens. I hope this guy doesn't back out. Um, I hope Nick doesn't you know decide he doesn't want to do it. Um, so yeah, UFC two thirty five. I'm ready. Yeah. So well, you you drew the line in the sand for yourself, aligning yourself with the Cougs. Uh, my big matchup on Black Friday. I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm gonna shout out my guy, the one and only Tiger Woods as he gets set to play Phil Mickelson in a winner-take-all, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, $9 million golf round coming up on Friday. Uh, Tiger had the perfect quote a few days ago. Uh, he, in an interview, he was asked what he's going to do to get in Phil's head uh, on the course, uh, and Tiger responded by saying he's been in Phil's head for the past 20 years. This is great for the sport. I'm so excited for this. I think this is such a smart idea. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to bring in a bunch of people that they a lot of people only want to watch because these guys golf. So, you know, take out the, the you know, kind of the extended version of it. This is going to be a compact version, one round of golf. Um, I think a lot more people are going to tune in to watch it. Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, they could have done a lot better uh, with the planning of the logistics on how it's going to go, but that's neither here nor there at yeah. this point. I like the I just like the idea of moving forward uh, of a one-on-one golf 100%. matchup, even pay-per-view. I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah, um, I think it's going to expose people to um, to golf that wouldn't give it a shot normally because it's a shorter amount of time to watch. You don't have to watch three rounds. Um, you only are watching the big names, the best do it. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, imagine imagine a King of the Hill style type tournament where one weekend it's like you start with Phil and Tiger and then whoever wins this the next weekend they play Jordan Spieth and then whoever wins that plays Ricky Fowler the next weekend and it, then yada, it, yada, yada, I mean, and so on and so forth. Just any – yeah, just selling a one-on-one like a bout. I mean, it's like a, yeah. a championship bout. So it's just a cool thing that, that golf's doing because I think – it's going to appeal to people that it wouldn't normally appeal to golf. Yeah, I mean, just think think about all the casual sports fans that Tiger and Phil bring in on Sundays when they're in the hunt. Yeah. Especially Tiger. Yeah, exactly. But, all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace. Go Cougs.